Thanks for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Wayne talked about saying no to the enemy. Today, we're saying no to the accuser. It's not just that Satan is out there seeking to devour the weak. He's looking to turn you against your faith. The Bible tells us we need to be steadfast in our faith. Steadfast means to be dutifully firm and unwavering. We can't let the devil shake us. Let's see what Pastor Dwayne has to say. Well, we're in a series of messages that we've just entitled, Just Say No. And uh, let me just read our text from Titus chapter two. It says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodly, worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the, the grace of God is not what some people think it is. Some people think grace is just like, I can sin and it doesn't matter. But the Bible says that the grace, it teaches us and empowers us to say no. So today, I've entitled this message, Just Say No to the Accuser. Just say no to the devil. In Ephesians chapter four, it says, give no place to the devil. But there is one place we all need to give him, and that's a place in our theology. We need to recognize that there is a devil. The Bible says in James 4, 7, resist the devil, say no, and he will flee from you. Now, if there is no place in your theology for the devil, uh, it seems like a lot of Christians believe that all demons are in some third world country, up the Amazon River someplace, but there are no demons around. There's no devil around, but that is not true. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he can't devour just anybody. He's looking. He's looking for openings. And one of the things that you cooperate with him, it gives him an opportunity. You're ignorant. It gives him an inroad. It gives him an opportunity. Jesus in John's gospel, the 10th chapter, the 10th verse, he said, the thief. Now, this is the devil. He does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly or more abundantly. Now, this verse is really the great divide. It shows us what comes from God and what doesn't come from God. Jesus said, all that steals kills and destroys, that comes from the devil. And if it brings life, abundant life, that's what God does. In fact, James says it like this. He said, don't be deceived. And it's interesting, wherever the Bible says not to be deceived, most of us are. Beloved brethren, every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. In him there is no variation or shadow of turning. God does not have blue Mondays. God does not get in bad moods. God is not schizophrenic. 
He said, there is no variation. There is no shadow of turning with God. Everything that comes from God, it's a good gift. It's a perfect gift. But what comes from the devil are the things that kill, that steal, and destroy. Yesterday, I was going over this message. I wrote down a, just a couple of verses out of Luke, the 13th chapter. Jesus in the synagogue. There's a woman who's bent over. Jesus goes over, lays his hands on her, and says, be loose. The leader of the synagogue says, hey, don't do that. This is the Sabbath day. Don't heal anybody on the Sabbath. So Jesus said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. Jesus attributed her infirmity to Satan. Now, every sickness is not a demon, but ultimately every sickness goes back to the devil. There was none till he showed up, and once he's gone, there won't be any more. So, when we resist the devil, it's not just a wrong thought. Isaiah said, said to return to the Lord or to seek the Lord. He said, let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So you can be away from God in your thoughts. And just in our thoughts, when we have the wrong concepts about God, so we're, uh, it will keep us from what God has for us. When we return to him, we need to return in our ways and our thoughts. So we need to recognize the enemy will come and try to bring wrong thoughts, but also all of his works, the things that he does, the things that kill, steal, and destroy, those are things that we need to resist. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse nine, resist him steadfast in the faith. So in Luke chapter 10, in verse 19, Jesus said, behold, look, I give you authority. The old King James, this is new King James, the old King James says power, but it is a better translation to say authority. Uh, authority is really delegated power, but he says, I give you authority. Who has it? You do. To trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Notice he says, and all the power of the enemy. When he says serpents and scorpions, he's not talking about literal snakes and literal scorpions. Those are referring, those are names referring to Satan and demon power. He says, and all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So you have authority over how much of the devil's power? All, all. Now, notice we're given authority. Uh, I looked it up, it means power, the right to control or govern, dominion, the area of sphere or jurisdiction, a ruler. So you have the right to control, to govern. You have dominion. So that's what Jesus is saying over all of the works, all of the power of the devil. Now you say, I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you feel like. I should have brought, I, I was going to bring my keys with me. We park in the back here, Jeannie and I do, and, and uh, I've got a key to that door. 
Now, whether I have the key or my six-year-old grandson has the key, how many of you know the door will open? It's not how he feels about it or how I feel about it. The key is what opens the door. Jesus said he's given to us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And one of those keys that we have is we have the name of Jesus. We have the authority that we have been given that we need to release through the words that we speak. So we have the power. We have, excuse me, the authority, the right to control, govern, to have dominion over an area or a sphere of jurisdiction. Well, he said all of the power of the enemy is under our feet. So Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. You say, you, you say oh, I don't feel powerful. Well, that's because it's not your power. It's his power. You've got the authority. You have the keys. You and I, we need to use the keys that God has given to us. In 1973, in Stockholm, Sweden, a convicted felon left prison after serving a portion of his sentence. It's kind of, think of it like probation. He was getting a second chance at life, a chance to reenter society this time and to contribute, but it didn't work. Soon after his release, he headed to a bank to rob it. He took four hostages when things went wrong. He had a five-day standoff with the Swedish authorities. Finally, they filled the bank with tear gas and flushed him out. When the robber was brought to trial, the four hostages were obviously the key witnesses. But surprisingly, following the trauma of the experiences, the four hostages refused to say anything negative about the person that had held them captive for almost a week. It led to what we now call the Stockholm Syndrome, right? Most of you have heard of it. Uh, it's a name given for a psychological phenomena where a person develops affection for the person causing their affliction. I think some people have Stockholm syndrome with the devil. They just kind of like, devil, you just leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. Devil, just, just don't bother me. I just want to just go through life. Let me just tell you, it won't work. It was tried in the Old Testament. Isaiah 28, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with shield, we are in agreement. When the overflowing sur surge passes through, it will not come to us. For we've made lies our refuge and under falsehood, we have hidden ourselves. That's what people do. They, they make a, a covenant, so to speak, with the devil. They say, you just leave me alone. I will leave you alone. But this is what God said. Your covenant with death will be annulled. And your agreement with Sheol will not stand. When the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled down by it. Listen, the devil will not treat well those who serve him the best. And he's never satisfied. Never. There's a great Old Testament type of the devil. It's found in 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 20. Let me just read a little bit. It says, in Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together. There were 32 kings with him and horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria, and he besieged it, and he sent messengers to Ahab, the king of Israel, into the city and said, thus says Ben-Hadad, your silver and your gold are mine, 
your wives and also your children, even the best, their minds. And the king of Israel answered and said, my Lord, O king, according to your saying, I'm yours and all that I have. And the messenger came again and said, thus has been Hadad. Although I have sent to you and you've delivered to me your silver and your gold and your wives and your children, yet I will send my servant unto you tomorrow about this time. And they'll go into your house and the house of your servants. And it will be that whoever, whatever is pleasant in your eyes, they shall put it in their hand and take it away. Now, first of all, he said, you can have all my silver, all my gold. You can have my family. You can have my wife. You can have my kids. And he said, yes. Was Ben-Hadad content? No, no. And that is a picture of the devil right there. It doesn't matter how far down he gets you. He will kick your teeth out when you're down. And then he'll take a brick and throw it at you. And then he'll kick you some more. And then he'll kick you some more. And he'll kick you some more. It is even, if you have any compassion at all, it's hard to understand the devil. But he wants you dead. And if he can, he wants you in hell. He wants to destroy every good thing that is in your life. You cannot trust the devil. You cannot be neutral. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. So the Christian life is a fight from the womb to the tomb. From the moment you're born again until you and I go to heaven, it's going to be a fight. And notice it's a fight of faith. Somebody says, well, what if you die? Well, I want to die in faith. How about you? I'm going to die in faith. I'm not going to die doubting. I'm not going to die cowering. I want to die in faith, fighting till the last breath. That's the way we need to go when we go. Jesus said in Matthew 10, he said, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we've talked about this. Christianity is a kingdom. And he said, then heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you receive and freely give. So often we're willing to accept everything that's around us as just being, well, this is the way it is. And this is what God wants. First John 5, 19, we know for a fact that we are of God and the whole world around us lies in the power of the evil one, opposing God and his precepts. We need to understand, I, I just get mad. I shouldn't, but I do. Well, God's in control. Well, that's not what this verse says. Does it? I'm gonna read it again. We know for a fact that we are of God and the whole world around us lies in the power of the translation say control, sway of the wicked one, opposing God and his precepts. You yeah, but I just don't feel like I got what it takes. And I'm just not very much of an authoritative person. Well, you better start being one. <laughs> because the devil is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Listen to this, 1 John 3. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've read this before. It, 
ever penetrated. By this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. And shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God's greater than our heart and knows all things. Now, your heart can condemn you, right, when it shouldn't be condemning you. In fact, the Bible says we need to assure our hearts. You say, what does that mean? You need to talk to yourself. You need to tell yourself what the Bible says. Philemon 1.6, that the communication of your faith may become effectual, powerful, produce results by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. You need to start talking to yourself and telling yourself what God says about you. Yeah, and in some of you, I don't really believe it. Listen, listen, move carefully. There is a confession of faith and there is a confession unto faith. A lot of times we confess what the word of God says before we ever believe it. But as we confess it, we come to the point where we do believe it, right? So there is a confession unto faith, and then there's a confession of faith. Now, Romans chapter 10 says, for with the heart, man believes. For with the heart, man believes. And with the mouth, confession is made unto. So where do you believe? In your heart. See, you have to have it on the inside before you'll ever see it on the outside. Faith is an inside job. With the heart, you believe. You believe it in your heart before you ever see it or feel it or taste it or touch it or enjoy it. It happens on the inside first. With the heart, you believe. And that's why Philemon 1.6 is so important. We need to be talking to ourselves and telling ourselves what God says about us and not listening to the devil who is the accuser of the brethren. That's, the, that's his name, the accuser of the brethren. You know, he'll tell you all sorts of crazy things. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue, every tongue, Every tongue, circumstance that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Every word, every thought, every situation that comes up against you, you need to condemn it. You need to talk to it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Psalms 8, verse 4. What is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you're concerned about him, Yet you have made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and majesty. You have made him man and woman. You've crowned, you've made him a little lower than God. Now, some of your translations say angels. It's a bad translation. The uh, translators read Elohim and they thought, oh my goodness, we can't put that in there. We'll just put angels. But it says God. The Hebrew is God. You've made him a little lower than God. You crowned him with glory and majesty. You made him, mankind, men and women, rule over the works of your hands. And you've put everything under his feet. What's supposed to be under your feet? Everything. 
He wants you to rule over the works of his hand. That's the place that God has given to you and to me as believers. Again, Jesus said, behold, look, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall any means hurt you. Uh, The best example I've seen of this, and we've all seen it happen, uh, the lights go out, we lose electricity, and there'll be a policeman at a corner. The, 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 The traffic signal is not working, and the policeman just puts up their hand. Here comes an 18-wheeler at 65 miles an hour and stops. Now, obviously, the policeman does not have the physical power to stop the 18-wheeler, but he has the authority. Behind him stands the power of the government. That's a picture of a believer. See, we may not have the physical, we do not have the physical power to stop the devil, but we do have the authority. We have the authority. When we raise our hand, when we use the name of Jesus, when we speak those words of faith, things begin to happen. Mark 16, Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. It doesn't say pastors or evangelists. It just says those that believe. How many are believers? See, we can stand against the enemy and against his works. 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us that we're ambassadors. It says, for we are Christ's ambassadors. And I love this. God is using us to speak to you. We beg you. As though Christ himself were pleading with you, receive the love he offers and be reconciled to God. You know, as ambassadors, he's talking here about talking to the lost, about coming back to God. But we are his ambassadors. See, we have the authority of the sending kingdom. That is the kingdom of God. We have the keys. Bible says, James 4, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, we release that faith by the words that we speak, by the actions that we have. Revelation 12, 11 says, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Listen, there is no such thing as overcoming victory without the word of your testimony. It's got to be there. Second Corinthians 4, 13, since we have the same, literally the identical, the photocopy, Spirit of faith. According to what's written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. So we have to believe it, but we also have to speak it. Romans 10, verse 8. But what does faith say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart, even the word of faith which we preach. Jesus said, Have faith in God, for verily I say to you that whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, because we receive it first of all where? In our heart. Shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. 
The Old Testament prophet said it like this. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I love what David did. David said, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Now, we need to begin to say something. Speak what we believe. Isaiah 57, 19, God said, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him who is afar off and to him who's near, says the Lord. I will heal him. Isaiah 59, 21, in my words, which I put in your mouth, shall not depart out of your mouth, nor the mouth of your descendants, nor the mouth of your descendants, descendants from this time forth and forevermore. In, excuse me, in Psalms 41, David wrote and said, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. When Satan comes and tempts Jesus, the Bible says the devil said to him, if you are the son of God. Jesus answered saying, it is written. Then the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan. And then Jesus, excuse me, the devil said to him. And Jesus answered the devil and said, it is written. How many can tell there's, a, there's like a battle going on? And it's a battle of words. You know, what you believe in your heart needs to be spoken out of your mouth. But that is how you fight that good fight of faith. Hebrews 13 and verse 6. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He's speaking out what he believes. Revelation 20 and verse 10 says this. Then I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. He who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. That devil, he's the accuser. He says about you, he says, you're a loser. You're a sorry Christian. God's mad at you. God's abandoned you. God will not bless you. God will not answer your prayers. God will not, God will not use you. You are getting exactly what you deserve and you will never succeed. You'll never be healed. You'll never be normal. You'll never be out of debt. Nobody's ever going to love you. Your marriage is going to fall apart and your kids are going to reject God. That's the accuser of the brethren. But we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we assure our hearts. We speak to ourselves. How many of you know that conversation going on on the inside of you? It's important. The Bible calls that assuring your heart. You tell your heart what God says about the situation that you and I are facing. Now, 1 Peter 1.18 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from the aimless conduct or the lifestyle, received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Romans 3.25 says this, you were redeemed by the blood, but listen, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation or a sacrifice 
through faith in his blood. Jesus is your sacrifice through faith in his blood. Hebrews chapter 9 says that Jesus took his blood and he took it to heaven. And God has a tabernacle in heaven. Hebrews 9 says that Moses copied one that God has. Moses made one and God told him, you make it exactly the way I tell you. But it was a copy. And Jesus took his blood and he took his blood into that temple that is in heaven. And now he didn't do it with the blood of bulls and goats, but he took his own blood. And the Bible says he obtained an eternal redemption for us. And that blood, that blood is still in heaven today. In fact, Paul or whoever wrote Hebrews said this, but you've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven and to God, the judge of all, the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of the covenant, the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. When Cain killed Abel, his blood cried out and God said, his blood is crying to me from the earth. And his blood cried for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus is in heaven, in God's presence, on the mercy seat. And that blood is speaking right now on your behalf. And that blood says, forgive them, bless them, deliver them, anoint them, use them. The blood of Jesus is speaking on your behalf and on my behalf. But we need to put ourselves in agreement with that blood. One more, one more thought. Pretty long thought, though. First Samuel chapter 17, David is going to fight Goliath. And the Bible says that that Goliath, for 40 days, he's been coming out. And every day, he basically, he says the same thing. He says, send me a man to fight with him. Now, by the way, the Bible says that he was six cubits in a span. He had a brass helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels. He had a bronze, bronze armor and legs and a javelin between his shoulders. And a staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And the iron spearhead was 600 shekels of gold. Now he's six cubits. There's 600 shekels. And there's six pieces of armor. Does that kind of give us a clue? 666. This is a type of the devil. And he says, send me somebody to fight. And he stood and he defied the armies of Israel. But ultimately, David ends up going down to fight. And Goliath said, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And he cursed David by his gods. But David said, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. In this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. In this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then he took a stone and he ran at the devil. The devil excuse me, <laughs> Goliath. Hit him in the head. He fell down. 
took his sword, cut his head off, and Goliath did not say anything else. So, never, never, never let the devil have the last word. Never let him have the last word. And always run at your giant with your mouth working, with your mouth saying, Jesus said, faith works for whosoever will say. And when we're going to say no to the devil, we've got to speak and we've got to say what God says about our situations. If you're watching today, but in your heart, you know, I'm not right with God. There is this hunger to be right, to be forgiven. Would you please bow your head and pray this prayer with me from your heart? Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe that he rose again. I give him all of my heart, all of my life. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you that you've heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, that my past is gone, that I'm your child today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer and you're right with God. And you've taken your first step into the kingdom of God. But you need to keep on growing. And I've written a book full of bullet points to help you keep growing. I want to send it to you free of charge. And you can download it absolutely free or contact us and we'll send you a copy absolutely free. Thank you so much for being with us today. God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you're making one of the best decisions of your life. And we're so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It is absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is used on and off the air to change the lives of all those around the world. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can either visit walkingbyfaith.tv give, text resgive to 94000, and select Walking by Faith in the menu, or select the giving icon in our app. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social media platform by searching WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. Remember to be unwavering and dutifully firm in your faith this week. Have a good one.